Okay, welcome to Story Hole. Welcome to Story Hole. Uh, Come to the window. We'll be home, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, welcome to Story Hole. Come to our window. I'm Roger. I'm Kevin. And I'm Joey. Hey, do you guys like love stories? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I watched one with Kristen this past week. It was called Set It Up or something like that on Netflix. It's yeah? great. Do you, In your opinion, do you think that that's the most powerful love story you've ever heard? Um, yeah. In, in recent memory, definitely, yeah. What about you, Joey? What's your, what's your most... Uh... Um, oh, gosh. I, I have a lot. See, here's the thing is that I didn't date at all when I was in high school. I was kind of a dork. Mm-hmm. And so my whole perception of like my my late teens and early twenties, my my young adulthood, was all based off of like rom coms. That's how I thought you're supposed to act. And so <laughs> I, not, I was a pretty awkward young man yeah. uh, courting ladies. It sounds like you guys are, are pretty into romance. Then would you say that yeah. that's true? Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Well, then you're in luck. Because on today's episode, we're going to talk about maybe the most passionate, romantic uh, character of all time. Do you want to take a guess on who it is? SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, <laughs> Incorrect. Damn it. Not Pepe Le Pew, because he's a, a predator. <laughs> yeah. That's the only character I can think of that loves stuff, though. You're actually close, though. It's Steve Urkel. Hey! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So, Steve Urkel is a character from the sitcom Family Matters, which was a super popular show. It ran for most of the 1990s. Did you guys watch it? Yeah. Not a whole lot. I loved it. Yeah? Uh, originally, the character of Steve Urkel was intended to be just kind of a minor one-time character that popped up for a single episode just for really one specific joke and then was supposed to just disappear and never be seen again in the, in the series. But once that episode with him came out, uh, that changed because he was a sensation. Audiences loved him. Uh, the ratings on that episode went through the roof. And the writers really had no choice but to start using him in pretty much every episode from there on out. That's great. In fact, the first episode with Steve in it was actually not till the 12th episode of the series. But after the fans' reaction to him, they went back and filmed scenes to insert into the previous 11 episodes so oh, that wow. Steve would still be in them for reruns. <laughs> so if you, <laughs> if you can find copies of the first 11 Family Matters episodes there's no steve urkel but after that there's like scenes of steve popping up especially in the beginning that were added in later That's so funny oh my god so he quickly moves from just being kind of a gag one-time use character to really being the star of the show and ultimately he becomes kind of an iconic figure of the 1990s yeah and just to show you how big of a deal he was if you look at the wikipedia page for steve urkel the first section is titled character development and the second section is titled Cultural Impact. And it, dis- <laughs> and it discusses the influence that Steve Urkel had on 90s culture as a whole. I get it. So if you were a kid in the 90s, you could have had like, a, like an Urkel doll or maybe an Urkel lunchbox. There was an Urkel cereal called Urkelos. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> you could buy a Steve Urkel board game. Uh, there was a dance craze called Do the Urkel. Do you guys remember that? Oh, I do remember that. I don't remember what it was, but I remember it. Yeah, <laughs> I could show you later. Remember I said I, I never go on dates. I didn't know Maybe how to you dance. didn't know how to do the Urkel, and it held, held you back in your, in your love life. Will you life. teach me after this episode? Yeah, it's not too late, man. Let's get out there. Yes. <laughs> so I think it's safe to say that, uh, that in the 1990s, the U.S. had Urkel fever. Yeah. Steve was the ultimate nerd, though, right? Steve Urkel is like the epitome of a nerd. When he first appears in the series, he's 13 years old. He's just a scrawny kid growing up in kind of an upper middle class neighborhood in Chicago. And you could tell just by looking at him, uh, like this guy's a real nerd, right? Yeah. And he dresses 
basically like an old man. He's got super high-waisted pants that go up above his belly button. He's got suspenders. He wears old man cardigans. He's got thick glasses that are held on his head with like a band. And he talks uh, in kind of a high-pitched, nasally voice. He just, yeah. He's just a real twerp. I mean, I like the style-wise, actually, when you describe it. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you think so? Uh, but, but maybe at the time, it probably wasn't cool. I know? mean, I think... The high-waisted pants, wearing pants above your belly button, that's a hard look to pull off. Women wear high-waisted pants again, so now it's just a matter of time before men start wearing high-waisted pants. Yeah. Hey, can I say, I, I've been predicting styles my whole life, and I predicted uh, the drop crotch pants. Oh, really? Yeah, because think about it this way. We had big pants, like the Jinko jeans. Uh-huh, loved them. We had skinny pants from like the 50s. Yeah. Then we had we had uh, bell bottoms, which flared out, they got bigger mm-hmm. at the bottom, but stayed skinny at the top. So it was only a matter of time before we had drop crotch where the top was big and they tapered at the bottom. That was the last option. That was the last I mean, I guess we, we can do skinny at the top, skinny at the bottom, and then really big <laughs> balloony in the middle. There's, there's a riding Oh, my dance. God. That's <laughs> yeah, those it. Are, like horse riding fans. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I mean, so Steve, uh, Steve's a nerd. Um, I wrote a joke in here about how that probably sounds familiar to Kevin because that's the kind of kid that you used to beat up in high school. Right, Kev? Yeah, definitely. I yeah. beat them up and was not one of them. Tell us about a time that you beat them. <laughs> tell, tell us about, hey, tell us about a time up. you beat up a nerd, Kevin. I'd hold them down and I would <laughs> noogie them until they got a bald spot. And then they were even more like a nerd. <laughs> that probably took months, huh? It did. It was an investment. <laughs> yeah. Worth it. Uh, but despite how nerdy Steve Urkel is, uh, he's a... Uh, He's a compelling character. You know, his story is one of, of love and, and heartbreak and struggle, um, and really, ultimately, what it means to be human. So today's story hole is about Steve Urkel. Steve Urkel was born in 1976. He's the only child to his parents, Herb and Diane. And his father, Herb, was a successful neurosurgeon, and they live in a pretty nice upper-middle-class neighborhood uh, in Chicago. And throughout most of his childhood, Herb and Diane try to get Steve out of their house as much as possible. And at first it's implied that the reason for this is that Steve is such a dork that even his parents hate being around him. But later in the series, they pretty much explicitly state that. (laughs) His parents do not like him. There's a point even when his parents move to Russia and leave Steve behind. So it's uh, it's sad. You know, his upbringing is, is pretty sad. They don't really get too deep into it in the beginning, but there's uh, subtle hints and subtle references that really allude to how terrible his home life is. That sucks. It does suck, but it's also a little understandable because Steve has a couple personality traits that make him pretty difficult to be around. Uh, for one, he's super accident prone. He's always tripping and falling into things and breaking other people's stuff and generally just being a nuisance. And he clearly can't control it, but if he's around, there's a good chance you're going to end up losing something valuable or, or getting hurt in some way because he just can't control his body. And second, he's incredibly persistent with a a real misplaced sense of confidence. Like he'll just kind of do whatever he wants. And he doesn't really seem to be concerned with other people's needs or desires. And that blind persistence is going to make building relationships pretty tough for Steve in his life. Uh, And that might seem petty, but it's not. You know, like the idea that he's clumsy and he doesn't really care about other people's needs. uh, I mean, that sucks, but that doesn't seem like a huge deal. But his flaws are so glaring. It goes way beyond just the normal, annoying traits that you might see in a person. It becomes really something else. And there's a moment, actually, where a character asks Steve what happened to him to make him the way he is. And Steve's reply is that his genes were mutated because on the day before he was conceived, a road flare went off in his dad's pocket. Um. (laughs) 
Okay. I'm not sure the exact science of how that works, but that's the explanation. The chemicals from from the road flares. No, that checks what, out. It Somehow balls mutated. Or you know those radioactive road flares? Yeah, what? That, what does that make any sense? To be fair, I don't know how, how a road flare works. So. <laughs> anyway, when Steve turns five, his parents enroll him in kindergarten at a school in their neighborhood. And in elementary school, two things become really clear. One, Steve is a genius. Even as a child, it's obvious to his teachers that he's way ahead of his peers. And two, Steve has a huge crush on a girl in his class. And that girl's name is Laura Winslow. But little Steve is, he's such a nerd, right? Uh, even though they're in the same class as on and off throughout the entirety of their elementary school experience, uh, Steve is never really on Laura's radar. So that crush doesn't really move beyond anything, just a private feeling for Steve. Yeah, see, remember earlier I was saying that I felt like uh, familiar? Uh-huh. Secret crush. I had secret crushes all throughout high school. Do you have any secret crushes now? Um. Please be me. Please yeah, be me. Yeah, I do. Who is it? No, it's a secret. I'm not telling you. I'm not going to disclose it for the whole <laughs> world and the whole earth to hear. <laughs> Give us a hint. Um, she, she's got a body like, blap. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> I think I know who it is. Oh, I know her. <laughs> she's got a body like, blart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. oh. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. That's what it like. <laughs> Cruises around on one of those, uh, what are those called? Those little... Yeah, what are those called? Ramekin. <laughs> no. <laughs> All I could think of is like... It's a Segway. Segway, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Segway, uh-huh. Segway, yeah. yeah. Um, what's what's a ramekin? I've never heard that word. A ramekin's a little dish for holding like gravy, I think. Yeah, it's like a sauce dish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that also, is that the guy, the electricity guy from Mortal Kombat? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> he's got the little dish hat. Yeah, uh-huh. and he could throw it right to get you. Yeah, yep. classic Ramekin Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all that changes once they get to middle school, because in the eighth grade, something happens that catapults Steve into Laura's personal life. There's a big dance coming up, and Laura wants to go really bad. But the problem is, Laura's mom thinks that she's too young to be going to dances with boys. So even though Laura's been asking for weeks if she can go, her mom keeps saying no. Eventually, with some convincing from Laura's father, her mom caves in and tells her that she can go. But at this point, the dance is in just a couple days. So how's Laura going to find a date? All the cute boys already spoken for. Uh, Laura's in a real pickle. So she's talking it over with a friend of hers at lunch the next day. And her friend's just saying like, you know, hey, you waited too long to put yourself in the market. You know, now you're stuck on the on the sale table. And oh, I know what's going to happen. Yeah, you want to give a prediction? She's going to take her lunch, make a make a food man. <laughs> She's going to ask um, Mr. Feeney. <laughs> to go over that fence. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> but her friend says her only real option is to go with a guy that definitely doesn't have a date already, like Steve Urkel, for example. To which Laura replies, "Not Urkel, not now, not ever," because Steve's the worst. But on top of that, Laura actually has her eyes on a different boy in her class, hunky Mark Newhouse. But Mark Newhouse is already planning on asking some other girl to the dance. So it's risky, right? Does she wait and hope that Mark Newhouse asks her instead? She could end up going to the dance without a date at all, which would be super embarrassing. So she's kind of weighing her options and she's pretty stressed out about it. Hey girls, don't be embarrassed to go to the dance alone. You don't need that guy. Yeah. Have fun. Also, you can you can ask them, too. That's right. Which is exactly what happens. So we'll get there in just a second. 
But back at home that night, Laura's eating dinner with her family, and she's clearly upset about this whole this whole fiasco, and she's worried that she's going to be humiliated, that she's not going to find a date. So seeing her so upset, Laura's father feels really bad for her, and he promises her that she'll end up finding a date. So after dinner, her dad figures that maybe he can help behind the scenes, maybe pull some strings to make sure that happens. So he sneaks away to call some of the other dads he knows and see about maybe setting Laura up on a blind date for the dance. Do you guys want to take a take a guess on who the first dad he calls is? No, I mean this dad's too aware. It can't be Urkel's dad. <laughs> he's he's a good dad. He's like he's like get my daughter out there and, and date. He's cool and progressive and, and kind and, and considerate. You would he's think not, so. No, don't call Urkel's dad. He, his his first call is Herb Urkel. No. He doesn't know Steve Urkel though. He's only met Steve's dad. He calls Herb, and and Herb informs him that Steve does not have a date. He <laughs> would absolutely oh. love to take Laura. Um, and Laura's dad doesn't realize it yet, but that call is going to have a huge impact on on the lives of pretty much everybody involved. Yeah. At the same time, though, get this: Laura decides to take matters into her own hands. Just like you were saying, Joey, she realizes that if she wants to go to the dance with Hunky Mark Newhouse, she should just call him up and ask. She doesn't have to wait for him to ask her, right? Hell yeah. So right after her dad secretly sets up a date with Steve Urkel, Laura gets on the phone and calls Mark Newhouse, and Mark says yes. Turns out Mark Newhouse has had a crush on Laura for years. Ain't that the story? Yeah. How about that, huh? That's great. That's a solid lesson. Right? It's a good moral. Yeah, for like, especially in the 90s. That's like, that's a cool thing for that to happen. Yeah. I feel like this show is 50% strong, good messages and 50% really just condoning uh, problematic behavior. So yeah. <laughs> we'll get there in just a minute. Okay. But now, when the, when the night of the dance rolls around, there's a big problem, right? Laura's all excited to leave the house with Mark Newhouse. But before she can, Steve shows up in a dumb little nerdy tux with flowers that he stole from a graveyard. And the fact that he shows up at their house at all is a big deal for two reasons. One, it's the first time Laura's family is introduced to Steve, and they do not like him. <laughs> Largely because, number one, he looks like a dweeb, but also, the first thing that he does when he sees Laura in her dress is he just yells, Wow, are you wearing a bra? Oh Which my is God. A, ter- <laughs> a terrible way to introduce yourself to someone's parents. Right? Laura's mom does not like that at all. The other reason why this is a big deal is because Steve realizes that Laura Winslow, the girl he's had a crush on since the first grade, lives right next door to him. They're next door neighbors. Oh, no. Now, ultimately, Laura ends up going to the dance with Mark Newhouse. But even after those two leave, Steve doesn't. He just stays at the Winslow's house. And he says that he hopes they don't (laughs) mind if he sticks around for a while. His parents told him he's not allowed to come home until after Ted. So he just sits down on the couch and he asks the Winslow parents if, uh, if they have any cheese he can eat. Um, so now the Winslow family is just stuck with Steve for the rest of the night. And, and ultimately, they're stuck with Steve for the rest of their lives. <laughs> that kind of sets the precedent. From here on out, Steve is just constantly every day walking into the Winslow's house. Uh, sometimes just to hang out because his parents want him to leave their house. Uh, but usually he's there to ask Laura on a date. And Laura always says absolutely not. But like I said, Steve is persistent. He doesn't really care if she says no, right? It's not about other people's needs and desires. It's just about what he wants. So he incessantly harasses her for a date. That's a bad message. Yeah. Because in a way, they market it as if it's like he's, a, he's an underdog and he's persistent. Mm-hmm. But really, it's just harassment. It's harassment. Yeah. It's yeah. through and through harassment. Yeah. yeah. He just will not accept her, uh, her rejection. Um, and he does, he's never aggressive. You know, but he's just so persistent that it crosses that line into harassment. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I bet he puts his arm around her unwelcomely. Uh, that's true. I bet he does. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Hey, no touching. Yep. 
this is a, this is a message for for everybody out there, men or women. If you get rejected, don't don't be a jerk. Yeah. Even though the moral of this story, as we'll see, is that it works out in the end. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> I take it back, everyone. <laughs> it works. So uh, yeah. you stay in there. Uh, there's one side note that I want to throw in here just because I feel like it's too disturbing to not include. You know the phone call I mentioned a minute ago where mm-hmm. Laura's dad called Steve's dad about the date? Yeah. On that call... Laura's dad says, hey, Mr. Urkel, I met you the other day at the pet shop. You were buying all those mice, which is a weird thing to bring up in the phone call. But then later in that episode, Laura's brother is talking to Laura's dad about why it was such a mistake for him to set her up with Steve Urkel. And he mentions that one of the reasons is that Steve is known for eating mice at school. What? What What the hell is that? Steve's parents are feeding him mice. No, that can't be. It's got to be like a... uh, uh, You know when... You're a kid, everybody's cruel, and they all make up things, and they all make up these stories about each other and stuff. It's got to it be like be, that. But then why is his dad buying all those mice at the pet shop? For his snake. He's got to have a pet snake. Look at this <laughs> Maybe. Kid. I don't know. It, they never revisit that, but uh, oh, you can man. choose to believe whatever you whatever you believe. I don't want to believe that he eats mice. Yeah. Me neither. Nobody does. Okay. But All right. Well, thanks. You gotta, thanks for... you got to respect the facts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for years, that's how it is for Steve. He spends most of his time over at the Winslow house and knowing the family and just incessantly pursuing Laura's love, although she never really gives him much hope for that. Uh, sometimes he'll trick her into going on a date with him, um, but it always ends up terribly. There's really no, there's no reciprocal connection there. How, how do you, how do you trick somebody to go on a date with you? Uh, he finds ways. I'm not asking because, uh, because I want to know. But <laughs> um, hey, Kev, what are you doing later? Do you want to go get some dinner or something? Or? No, I'm free. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. See. Do you want to go to like a fancy restaurant and maybe, uh, maybe wear something nice? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm free. And then I kiss you. Oh. There it is. Oh. <laughs> That's a date, baby. <laughs> it's, it's a date, baby. So far, I feel like every weekend we've gone on a date. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess when you think about it, our lives are, are basically just the three of us going on dates. It's true. Yeah. Feels great. This one's going great so far. Yeah, it's really yeah. nice. <laughs> now, I mentioned earlier that Steve is really smart, right? Let's circle back around to that for a minute. Steve is a scientific genius. He invents and builds stuff that could revolutionize the world. Um, at the age of 15, he builds a fully functional jetpack so he doesn't have to climb the rope in gym class. And that same year, at age 15, he builds a fully functional artificial intelligence robot named Urkelbot. Unfortunately, because he bases Urkelbot on himself, the robot is also deeply obsessed with Laura. Oh, no. And since it's not human, Urkelbot is not hindered by morality or, or guilt or any kind of real human emotion. So it decides that it's going to get Steve out of the way and then just take Laura. So Urkelbot locks Steve in a closet and he starts assaulting Laura. Luckily, even though Steve is, a, is kind of a twerp, when Laura's in danger, he, his adrenaline starts pumping and he, he just muscles up and he hulks down the door and breaks out to save her. And Urkelbot tries to kill Steve by beating him with a, with a lead pipe. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty gnarly scene. But Steve is able to dodge the blows and he grabs a fire extinguisher and shoots the fire extinguisher at him, and that shorts his circuits. And it, uh, uh, Urkelbot powers down and he saves both of them, which is pretty wild. Uh, there's a lot to, I feel like there's a lot to unpack in that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Lead pipe. Jesus Christ. Carbon dioxide is not that great of a, a conductor either. I don't know how that shorted out the circuits. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess we also don't understand the technology that's powering Urkelbot. Yeah. So who knows? 
Later, actually, Steve builds a Laura bot for Urkel bot so that they can fall in love together. And then the two of them perform a, a dance. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> why make a Laura bot for himself? Yeah, why is Laura bot? Why is Laura bot interested in Urkel bot? That's true. Yeah, he must have programmed her differently. It's not really Laura then. If you ask me, no. It's how not. close? How good are the robots look? Do they actually look like, like uh, humans? Or? No, they don't look human at all. You know, they're they're silver. They're chunky. They're kind of blocky looking. You could tell that the features mm. are there, but they definitely they could not pass for human. Yeah. Okay. Incredible dancers, though. <laughs> yeah, I heard. I heard about it. <laughs> I heard about it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the most important invention that Steve creates, though, is a way of altering a person's genes. After realizing that he's just not cool enough to win Laura's heart, he locks himself in his basement and conducts a series of experiments on himself to isolate the gene that's responsible for coolness. And then he creates a chemical compound that when he drinks it will give him a hundred trillion cool genes. <laughs> and his hope that is that if he, uh, if he takes it, he'll be transformed into the kind of person that will make Laura swoon. And is that it works. CRISPR is? Is that CRISPR technology? Yeah, it's basically, yeah, he invents <laughs> CRISPR, yep. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so he's got all these cool points now, right? Uh-huh. Cool genes now. He's got yeah. cool genes. Yep. Uh-huh. It works. Um, after drinking the chemicals, Steve Urkel uh, is no more. He's transformed into the suave and, and beautiful Stefan Urkel. And Stefan Urkel is hes just so fucking cool. Everyone loves him. He's popular. The Winslows like having him around. Laura has a major crush on him. It's great. And Laura Does she Stephane, know it's the same guy or no? Yeah, she watches him transform. But it doesn't matter. He's so... Uh, he's so magnetic, you know, both in, in, in his in his suaveness and his physical appearance that she just can't resist his charms. Even though even though she knows that there's still a Steve Urkel in there, Stefan Urkel, man, he just can't resist him. So they start hanging out a lot, and slowly mm-hmm. Laura starts to realize that uh, you know she originally was very attracted to Stefan, but even though he might seem like the ultimate hunk on the surface, inside he's kind of a jerk. He's so stuck up and he's so self-centered. All he cares about is himself because he's so cool, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when she realizes that, it makes her miss Steve a little bit. Because, yeah, Steve is a clumsy nerd, but he's got a heart of gold. You know, he, he truly cares about her. Um, uh, not enough to respect her wishes <laughs> of not harassing her. <laughs> but he's still, you know, he's inside he's a good person. Um, Stefan Urkel, on the other hand, he's got too many cool genes. It's ruined his yeah. personality. So Laura tells Stefan she wants Steve back. And at first, Stefan doesn't understand why she would want that, but he realizes that if he became who he is just to get Laura, and Laura doesn't like it, then he needs to change back. So he yeah. takes the antidote to the cool serum, and boom, Urkel's back. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I feel like uh, the dynasty of, of Stefan, you know, it's it's fallen, and, and it can't get up. <laughs> uh, hey, um, can I... Uh, just toss a different thing out there for a second. It's yeah. an idea. And mm-hmm. this is, uh, I'm going to posit a theory, and you guys can confirm or deny it. I'm going to guess that Stefan or, or Kel doesn't come out for like a, several seasons, right? Yeah, it's it's maybe season seven out of nine. So at this point, Jaleel White's probably like 20 years old, and he probably has to do that, right? Because he can't just – that's that's terrible. He can't be – He can't just be that. forever. He can't just be a he, nerd. They probably invented that for, for him so that he yeah. can redeem himself as an actor or, or at least not be embarrassing, right? Yeah, it's hard to play the disgusting nerd for your entire life. Look, look at what did the screech. Dustin Diamond was in like porn and like got arrested and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's been, I think that's those are probably deep rooted issues about him having to be this dork 
side character for his whole life. But Family Matters did it right. Uh huh. And the actor Jaleel White in in real life is pretty suave and good looking. He probably wanted to kind of show that yeah, he could be a heartthrob so. if he wanted to. The right. only child actor that didn't end up with issues growing up. Yeah. Think about every other child actor you can think of. Uh, oh man, uh, Jonathan Lipnicki. Uh, <laughs> he got really buff. <laughs> he got really buff, and then I heard he um, uh, performed credit fraud. <laughs> yeah, insider trading. Mm-hmm. Man. That's too bad. That's not true. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the experience with Stefan creates a, a change in Laura. You know, she thinks a lot about how charming and suave Stefan was, and she misses him. But she also thinks about how much Steve loves her, you know, how he'd do anything for her. And she likes that. So her feelings for Steve and, and what he could potentially be get pretty complex. At the same time, Steve's still Steve. You know, he's still, he's still, yeah. he's back to his nerdy self. And eventually, Laura starts to get really fed up with his constant attempts at romancing her. So Laura comes up with a solution. They need to find Steve a girlfriend. That way, he'll leave Laura alone. And they do. They find a girl named Myra Monkhouse. And she's beautiful. And for whatever reason, she's totally in love with Steve. So Laura introduces the two, and Myra is, she's all about it, to the point of obsession, pretty much. She covers her room in photos of Steve. Steve really becomes her whole world. On the other hand, Steve isn't so sure about Myra. You know, she's she's attractive and she's fun, but his heart still belongs to Laura. Myra's relentless, though. Basically, the tables get turned. (laughs) The beautiful Myra is constantly harassing Steve in the same way that Steve constantly harassed Laura. And eventually, Steve relents. And he starts to date Myra. So at the same time, uh, Steve still dreams of being cool enough for Laura. So he spends time perfecting the technology that he used to transform himself into Stefan. And he figures out a way that he could use the same concept as the cool serum to build a chamber that will alter his genes so that the coolness is magnified without sacrificing his personality. And he tries it and it works. Out of the chamber walks a, a new and improved Stefan Urkel that is both suave and also caring. And Laura is in love. You know, it's, it's, it's perfect. It's the best of both worlds. Unfortunately, the technology is imperfect. And it doesn't last very long before the effects wear off. And Stefan is back to just being shitty old Steve Urkel. Right? Yeah, that's how uh, shitty old Steve <laughs> That's how genes work, right? They, you can alter genes <laughs> temporarily. And then, uh, I think so. They usually yeah. get better with age. You buy them now with all those... Those blemishes and such. And yeah. <laughs> the distressed, yeah, the holes in the knees. <laughs> what if this whole time it was just Steve Urkel changing his pants? <laughs> he sees hope in this, though. You know, there's hope there. Um, and he devotes himself to improving his transformation chamber until it can make him Stefan permanently. Meanwhile, that kind of sucks for Myra, right? Yeah. And she just wants Steve Urkel. She doesn't want Stefan Urkel. Like, she just wants her nerdy Steve. So now Steve's kind of torn. Should he be himself and stay with the girl that loves him for who he is? Or does he transform himself into something else permanently to be with the girl that he truly loves? That's harsh. That's a hard, that's a hard choice. It's a hard question. Yeah. What would you guys do? I, would, I mean, I've always been Popeye. I am what I am. So that's, that's my jam. Where's that line, though? Yeah. What, would you want a genie to come here and, and, and magically make this woman who's not interested in you fall in love with you? No, I wouldn't do that at all. No, I wouldn't no. want that, yeah. If there was a genie, I think I would wish for maybe maybe two wishes. And then on the third wish, I would wish for his own freedom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hard, though. I mean, it's a, it's a hard question. Um, 
Luckily for Steve, a different solution ends up presenting itself. Because a couple months later, Steve is working on building a different machine, one that can clone anything. And he tests it out on a stool, and it works. He's got two stools. And he tests it out on a potted plant, and that works. He's got two potted plants, and they're both alive. So he figures, hey, I'll test it out on myself next. So he climbs into the machine, he flips the switch, and after a couple minutes, nothing happens. No Steve clone comes out. And he figures something must have gone wrong. You know, maybe the machine can't handle something that complex or whatever. So he gets out of the machine and and uh, he, he says out loud to nobody in particular that he has to take a pee break. <laughs> and he goes inside um, and, and he's peeing. And while he's peeing, a couple minutes pass and the machine produces a perfect Steve clone. It did work. It just took a lot longer than Steve was expecting. So and now you also there's... have to go to the bathroom. Yes, <laughs> literally in the episode, the, the Steve clone walks out of the machine. He says, "Time for a pee break." They're identical, <laughs> and now there's two Steve Urkels. Oh, wow, and that's that's a huge problem, right? Because <laughs> one Steve Urkel is more than the Winslow family could handle. Two is unbearable. And what do you do in that case? I mean, how the would clone... they interact? I... Yeah, uh, we'll find out. But the clone, the clone is a living, breathing Urkel, right? It's a, it's a living person. They can't just destroy him. Do they let them both live? It's, it's, a, it's a difficult situation. And they end up running into each other and kind of competing with each other a little bit. It's, it's, it's a mess. Uh, Laura comes up with the perfect solution, though, because it might solve all their problems. Um, do you want to guess what Laura's solution is? Hmm. I thought the reason he was doing this is so that one could stay normal and date uh. the pretty girl, and then one could be Stefan and date... That's uh, Laura. that's exactly it. That was not Steve's original plan, but that's Laura's plan. When she sees that there's two Urkels and they have to figure out a way to get rid of one of them to like solve this problem, her suggestion is why doesn't the clone get inside the transformation machine and he'll become Stefan Urkel? And that way Stefan and Laura can fall in love and Myra can still have her nerdy Steve Urkel and they can fall and in love. And your parents don't have to leave you and go to Russia. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. So it's perfect. You know, they stick the clone in the machine and out comes Stefan. And that episode ends with Laura and Stefan making out on one side of the room and Myra and Steve making out on the other side of the room, which <laughs> let me tell you is one of the one of the steamiest scenes I've ever seen in, in television history. It's also one of the steviest. Hey. <laughs> Yay, <all right>. yeah. <laughs> um, but the solution isn't great. <laughs> that was an, that was a, you knocked it out of the ballpark with that. Was <laughs> yeah, that's a home run for like, sure, Kev. <laughs> Man, uh, the solution isn't great though, because sure, Stefan gets to be with Laura, but Steve is still in love with Laura too. That doesn't solve that problem. Um, Steve's with Myra, but he can't help dreaming about being with Laura. So he slowly starts to try to emulate Stefan a little bit. He tries dressing a little cooler. He tries to tries to be a little bit more smooth. And at the same time, Laura finds herself starting to kind of prefer hanging out with nerdy Steve Urkel rather than the hunky Stefan Urkel. One night, Laura decides she's going to go out to a party and she's going to get wild and she gets, she gets pretty drunk. And Steve realizes that she's probably had too much to drink, so he helps her get home. And as he's trying to get her to go to bed, she kisses him. And not just like any kiss. It's a, it's like a, it's a real romantic kiss. It's straight on the lips. And then immediately she passes out. And the next day, Steve asks her what the kiss meant, and she has no memory of it. She claims that she, you know, she was drunk. She doesn't even really believe that it happened. She says that she doesn't recall anything about kissing him. But secretly, she admits to her friends that she does actually remember it, and she kind of liked it. He's a great kisser. <laughs> he is, yeah. 
Believe me, I know. <laughs> so now things are getting really complicated. You know, Laura is with Stefan, but she secretly is developing some real feelings for Steve. Steve is with Myra, but his love has always been and always will be for Laura. Steve decides that if he has any chance at all to be with Laura, he has to take it. And if he's going to do that, he has to break up with Myra. So he does. He starts spending a lot of time with Laura. And Laura's having a great time with him. Uh, to the point where, while they're at a polka dance, she even tells Steve that she loves him. So things are heating up. <laughs> <laughs> what a play. At the time, right? The time yeah. <laughs> it's hard not to fall in love with somebody at a polka dance. Do okay. we know which Steve, the original or the clone, became Stefan? The clone became Stefan. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, that kind of tells you what his real choice was all along. Yeah, it's, it seems like that's something that they should have addressed in the episode, which, which Steve would become Stefan, uh, and they don't. They don't really discuss it. It just seems mutually agreed upon that the clone would be Stefan. Mm. And at the last minute before the clone becomes Stefan, Myra kisses the clone, and then the clone's like, uh, wait a minute, maybe I want to stay Steve Urkel, because Myra's kiss, dang. Myra in that whole episode is just... Just horny for those two Steves. She just can't get enough of it. It's uh, it's pretty wild. I feel bad for her, kind of, though. Yeah, you should. She's a, a tragic character. She's been right about everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you should feel bad. You should feel sympathetic for her. She's a tragic character. But at the same time, she's also... She kind of loses her mind. Mm. After Steve breaks up with her, she becomes too obsessive. She's already borderline obsessive, but now it just becomes it becomes problematic. She spies on him constantly. She tries to come up with ways that she can get him back. Ultimately, she devises a plan where she's going to get Laura out of the picture for good by framing her for a crime and getting her arrested and sent to prison. Jesus. And then while she's in prison, Steve's love for her will wither. And he'll be all hers. Oh, man. Right? So she sets up this whole elaborate scenario where she plants a gold watch on Laura and then calls the police. And it's a whole big mess. Luckily, Steve figures it out and he exposes the plot. And instead, at the end of the episode, it's Myra that gets arrested for Jesus. stalking and for, you know, falsifying police reports. And she's sent away. That's Family the end of Myra. Family matters is too real, man. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it's harsh. What the yeah. hell? Some real no. Yeah. She, gets, she, was, she was the good one, I thought. <laughs> yeah. I mean. No. Yeah. So that's, that's it? Is Myra out of the show after that? She does pop up one more time at the, in the finale. Okay. But uh, okay. pretty much. Does Steve never do anything like that? To any of the people finding no, after, no, um, he never crosses that no? line for sure. Yeah. Okay. But with that settled, uh, Steve decides to take his chance. You know, now that Myra's out of the picture, he's got to try to lock it down. He's going to propose to Laura. During this whole thing, though, Stefan is still in the picture. He's still dating Laura, and he decides that if he wants to put an end to all this drama, then he's got to make it official with Laura too. He's going to propose to her. So Laura's about to find herself in, in a real whirlwind of Urkel marriage proposals. And Stefan ends up popping the question first. He meets Laura in her living room, and he asks her to marry him. And he, you know, he's so hunky. Laura just kind of swoons. And, and at first she's about to say yes, but then she stops herself. Because in her heart, you know, she, can't, she can't stop those feelings for Steve. So seeing her hesitant, Stefan tells her to take a minute and think about it. And he's going to go get drinks for them to celebrate. So he walks out one door. And right when he does, Steve walks in the other door with like a billion roses and a ring. And he gives this really heartfelt, sweet speech about how much he's meant to him since the first time he saw her back in the first grade. And there's some flashbacks to the first episodes. And, and ultimately, he asks Laura to be his wife. 
So Laura gets proposed to at the same time by two different articles. And she doesn't know what to do. You know, her heart's torn. Does she go with the sexy, scientifically engineered Stefan or the nerdy Steve that's sweet and would do anything for her? So she can't, she can't make up her mind. And she tells them both that she's going to have to take some time and think about it. Uh, side question. Mm-hmm. Is it unethical to get the transcript of that speech that he makes and use it if I or Kevin proposes to someone? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's perfectly okay. <laughs> the next day, Steve realizes that he's being a fool. There's no way Laura's going to pick him. Stefan is so dreamy, Steve doesn't stand a chance. And he realizes that ultimately, all he really wants is for Laura to be happy. And with him being there, he's just going to begin the way of their love. Uh, and, and that's going to cause Laura pain. It's going to cause her problems. So he decides that if he truly wants her to be happy, he's got to leave. He's going to move to Russia and find his parents. And just a side note, that's a pretty incredible character growth, huh? Like he's gone from a boy who didn't care at all what Laura said or what she wanted, and he was just going to harass her constantly, yeah. uh, to now realizing that if he truly loves her and wants what's best for her, then maybe he just needs to let her be. It's part of, part of growing up, you know? Yeah, it's pretty moving, huh? Grow, growing as a person, growing... Getting older. Yeah. yeah. We could all we could all uh, learn a lot from Steve, I think. Yeah. Kevin. We should all leave our girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> I just want them to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no doubt about it. Uh, your girlfriend would be happier without you, Kevin. Absolutely. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. That's how I mean. I didn't that mean one it. hurt. Yeah, I didn't mean it because it's not true, though. It's just mean. <laughs> uh, Wasn't that mean to each other for us of the episode? Yeah. No. <laughs> Let's try that out. Let's I try refuse. that out, idiot. Wow. Wait, which one of us is the idiot? Uh, I, I was talking to myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> um. <laughs> so Steve comes back over to the Winslow house for one last time. And he's going to explain to Laura that he's leaving. He's, he's moving to Russia. He just wants what's best for her. Um, and when he tells her that, Laura is crushed. She tells him that he can't leave. You know, she can't imagine her life without Steve being in it. And with that, she tells him that she's made up her mind. It's him that she wants to marry. She chooses Steve Urkel over Stefan Urkel. And they kiss. It's a, it's, a huge, it's a huge moment. And that's a pretty good finale to the story of Steve Urkel, right? Mm-hmm. But there's one last thing that gets in the way of Steve and Laura living a happy, loving life. Steve goes to outer space. (laughs) In the last two episodes of the series, Steve gets sent into space by NASA. It turns out Steve has built a prototype for the Urkel AGF, a device that can produce an artificial gravity field in a weightless environment. It's a huge breakthrough. It could have a a big impact on the space program. So NASA asks Steve if he'd go on a space mission to install the device and test it. And at first, Steve refuses because it would mean postponing his wedding to Laura. But she insists that he takes the opportunity. They can always get married when he comes back. So he agrees, and he's sent to space. So Urkel and a crew of astronauts uh, climb aboard a space shuttle, and they head into space, and they install the Urkel AGF. And they switch it on, and it works perfectly. It's a huge success. They have gravity inside the, inside the space shuttle. Unfortunately, the gravity field it produces pulls a nearby satellite off course and directly into the space shuttle. And it crashes into them and sends the shuttle spinning out of control. The astronauts on board are knocked unconscious, and Steve is the only person left. And the shuttle is minutes away from falling into the Earth's atmosphere and burning up, which would kill everyone on board. 
With the help of ground control, Steve is able to stabilize the shuttle and correct their course. Uh, but they're not really out of danger yet. The satellite has punctured a hole in the shuttle, and it's currently stuck, sticking off the back of the ship. And there's no way they can re-enter Earth's atmosphere with that, you know, connected to the back. They'll explode and they'll die. So Steve is going to have to leave the shuttle to dislodge the satellite and perform the repairs in space. He's going to have to go on a, a super dangerous spacewalk mission. So Steve puts on a spacesuit and he climbs out of the airlock and clings to the outside of the shuttle. Um, and he makes his way to the satellite. And uh, after yanking on it as hard as he can, he's able to pull it free. Uh, and, and he saves the mission. But he made one critical mistake. Instead of holding onto the space shuttle, he held onto the satellite, which is now drifting away from the shuttle into the black void of space, which normally wouldn't be a problem because astronauts always tether themselves to the ship. But Steve didn't know that. You know, the, the astronauts are knocked unconscious. He had nobody to tell him that. So now he's tetherless up there on his own, floating away into his slow and painful death. A little bit of an oversight from ground control. Yeah, you think that they would have explained that part. Um, and ground control is scrambling to find a way to save Steve, but there's just no options. You know, there's nobody there that can help him. He's he's helpless. There's one man who could. Who's that? Stefan. <laughs> so Stefan gets his own spaceship and he flies up. <laughs> no, I wish. Um, so, yeah, I mean, really, that what we see is Steve just floating away into space. And he's just kind of coming to terms with his own his own imminent death. Um, and he, he gives up. But right as he's giving up, he hears Laura's voice in his head, making him promise to her that he'll come back to her. And with that, Steve has an idea. He's still holding onto the satellite. And if he can somehow hotwire the satellite circuitry to take over its thrusters, he can use it to push himself back to the space shuttle. And he's such a genius that he's, he's able to figure out what the circuitry in the satellite means. He's only got three minutes of oxygen left, but with those three minutes, he's able to guide himself back to the ship, and he's safe. The astronauts have now regained consciousness. They're able to guide the ship back to Earth, and they all land safely. And Steve becomes a national hero. You know, he's celebrated for his genius and his bravery. He becomes a huge news story. He's, like, nationally known as the, the boy that saved the space mission. Man. And the Winslow family's overjoyed to have him back, you know, especially Laura. You know, when the two are reunited, he asks Laura if he can have a welcome home kiss. And Laura replies by saying... Uh, that he'll kiss him only on one condition, that he promises never to go to outer space again. To which Steve, channeling his inner Stefan, says, only when we kiss, Laura. Only when we kiss. Ooh. And then, <laughs> Damn, that's good. Uh-huh, and then they, they French kiss passionately uh, as her family just sits there and, and watches. <laughs> and, uh, and that's it. That's the end. That's the end of Family Matters and the end of the story of Steve Urkel. Just pretty incredible. Yeah. Pretty moving, huh? Yeah. Seems like uh, he, had, he had those cool genes in him all along. Yeah, turns out he had Stefan inside him the whole time, huh? That's crazy. But also, I mean, so like we were mentioning, uh, it worked out for Steve. All he had to do was be incredibly persistent the whole time, right? Yeah. And really not, really not take any hints. But I guess at the end, he realized that that was a mistake and he needed to respect Laura's wishes. And yeah. that's when Laura truly started to love him. So, yeah, a good message, I guess. What happens to Stefan, though? Uh, we don't know. So there might have been a 10th season planned. Uh, but it never got made. We don't really have any any closure with the story of Stefan. I'm sure it all worked out yeah. for him. There is one last thing I want to add. 
so as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, originally the show was not supposed to be about Steve Urkel. It was supposed to follow the Winslow family and their lives, and right. specifically the, the father of the Winslow family, Carl. But since Urkel was just going to be a one-time goof, the writer that wrote the script figured he'd play a prank on his friend by naming the annoying character after him. So Steve <laughs> oh, Urkel great. is a real person, <laughs> which is pretty good. That's so good. But when the character became so wildly popular, when it became a, an icon of the 1990s, that prank really turned into a curse for the real-life Steve Urkel. Uh, he talked about how whenever he tried to use his real name, no one would believe him. Yeah. He would get hassled constantly by businesses. Whenever he tried to sign up for something, people would think that he was like trying to pull a prank. Um, he got prank called incessantly. People would call his house asking for Laura. And he said it really made his life super difficult for, for decades. Jeez. Yeah. That's so rough. on that sad note, um, let's, uh, let's wrap it up uh, on that note about the dark impact of Steve Urkel on, on one man's thing. life. All this is fictional except Jeez. for that last real part. That was yeah. really sad. Hey, you know what's a good idea, I think? Because I feel like there's, a, there's been like a big reboot and, um, like, bring back kind of thing lately, like the Karate Kid and, like, a lot of the 80s-y stuff, 90s-y stuff. Mm -hmm. I feel like um, maybe maybe we should have a 10th season now. Maybe we should make it. Well, Is that what you're saying? Well, I just think that <laughs> it should be made, even if I'm yeah. not, even if I don't get to be a part of it. I think we should be involved in it, though. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, I am friends with uh, Jaleel White on Facebook. Maybe I can. Are you really? I am. <laughs> How did that happen? I, I just I added him one day. I don't know. And he accepted your friend request? I guess so. Or maybe like. Oh, that's great. I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe he just accepts all fans. It's probably what it is. <laughs> um, but he seems like a delightful man and a good dad. So let's maybe we can just ask him. Yeah, we should. Um, my friend uh, Ethan was setting up an account for his, um, I think it was like for his Netflix or something. And um, his password, <laughs> he put his password in as Jaleel White. <laughs> and then he put the clue in as my favorite actor. Yeah. And then he forgot his password. So he had to call Netflix to get something done. <laughs> He's like, I can't remember my password. And I don't know. <laughs> he tried all of his favorite actors and none of them worked. And the lady, the lady on the other end of the line, the customer service lady was like, um, she's trying to give him hints and she's like, uh, he's, he's African American. And, and, and Ethan was like, uh, Denzel Washington. And she was like, no. And they went through like a whole list of a bunch of different actors and he couldn't figure it out. And, and eventually Ethan just got, he got frustrated and he, he went to bed and then he says in the middle of the night, he just woke up and bolted up right in bed. He was like, Jaleel White. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's a great that's a really great story that's a, that's a tale yeah. of a personal story hole oh wow <laughs> yeah that's All probably right. that's well, probably what how how it happened for laura in the show too she was just yeah, probably just... like torn and one day she just woke up and then i was like she's like Jaleel. Oh. Jaleel. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't really exist in that fictional world. <laughs> she, just, she just yelled Jaleel White. She probably said, Steve Urkel. I love him. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for joining me, guys. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was fun. And and thank you, Jaleel White. <laughs> thanks, Jaleel. Thank you, Jaleel White. Bye, ju bye, ju bye Jaleel. Bye, Jaleel. <laughs> <laughs> bye, Jaleel. <laughs> <laughs>